The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, 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 pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Dr. Fleck, I know that you read the Detroit Free Press every day, right? Daily. Okay, daily. Did you read that article about the military dog cemetery last week? Wasn't that a great article? It was a wonderful article. So basically in the 1930s, there was a pet cemetery that was constructed. Now, is it South Leone or South Lion? South Leone. South Leone, and it eventually turned over to become a military cemetery, and it kind of fell out of fashion. And then recently, some veterans from the Vietnam War decided to raise some money because they felt that a lot of them who handled dogs were shocked when they found out that the U.S. government just left them in vietnam either to survive or be euthanized so they decided they wanted to honor these dogs because these dogs saved many people's lives they went into fields um of 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 bombs and um sniffed out all kinds of dangers so didn't you think that was a great and still today they're not permitted to bring the dogs home without going through a large number of paperwork and permissions that take a great deal of time and sometimes by the time they can actually bring them the dog is gone well the other thing too is so in the past you know what we see 10 years we see more army veterans who come home want to bring their dogs home and have gone to extreme lengths and then recently with the legislation during the Biden administration you couldn't bring dogs home from a number of a number of countries and also that bonehead move of not only leaving the artillery and all the machinery in Afghanistan they also left dogs behind and expect the um, Afghanis to handle them Yeah, big expectations Uh, well it I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just crazy. So, I mean, these these soldiers recognize the value and they and in some cases, do you remember that one guy said like this was his best friend? It would it made it almost plausible or okay to be there because it was so, so depressing in the heat and the horrible environment with the bugs and, you know, so it's nice. So now they're calling this cemetery the Arlington of dogs, which I think <laughs> is fantastic. I do, too. I mean, and they're going to have a big Vietnam canine monument with about four thousand three hundred and twelve dogs that were deployed in Vietnam. Such an impact on our life and such an impact on the freedom for everyone in the world. You know, it's funny because we're having that conversation. I I don't know if it was yesterday or earlier today when we talked about how in the past, when you looked at pets, they were always considered not a lifestyle category, but more of a hobby category. And I think that has drastically changed because dogs are doing so much for individuals, whether it's, you know, saving soldiers' lives or detecting cancer or being diabetic alert dogs or even um, peanut sniffing dogs 
for kids in school. How about just existing in the families that allow the health of each of us to be healthier yeah. because we have them? Sure. We see there's there's plenty of information that shows that healthcare costs are reduced. When you have a dog. Yeah. I mean, they lower blood pressure. They make our life easier. Um, Mobility issues, psychological. You got to walk. Yeah. You got to walk. You got, that's the thing. You got to walk. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we both read that article. So why don't we talk about this week's show? Well, you know, this week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about a delivery driver who adopted a cat due to some unusual circumstances, animal abuse for the purpose of promoting tourism canine diversity, Pete Davison's pet buying decisions uncovered by PETA, and? And summertime is moving season, which means most Americans who are moving will be doing so over the next few months. Moving to a new state can be a stressful experience when you have a furry family member to take along. Relocating with a pet requires additional planning and preparation, as the majority of states have requirements for dogs and cats that many pet owners are not even aware of. Well, joining us today is Miranda Marquette. She is a spokesperson for HireAHelper.com, a website for shopping for and hiring movers. She also is a journalist and a financial wellness expert. Miranda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is this is a really important topic because uh, we all want to make sure our furry family members make it safely to our new location. Absolutely. So, Miranda, tell us about the HireAHelper.com state-by-state pet moving report. What kind of information will pet owners extract from it? So, as you mentioned, many people overlook these guidelines when they're moving to a different state. So, this report is designed to be a resource to encourage pet owners to check for local pet laws, not just in their state, but also the potential state they're moving to. So, it's really meant to say, hey, wait a minute, let me think about this and let me make sure I have all of these ducks in a row before I move states. So, now what sources did hireahelper.com use to get the material? to put this useful guide together. Yeah, so we took the entry requirements for all 50 states. So they, these are available on local government websites. So from there, we parse the data into one place so it's easier to understand at a glance and you can actually compare multiple, uh, multiple locations at once. Yeah, no, it's really comprehensive. And I think pet owners who are moving this summer will be glad that someone actually compiled the information from them. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Miranda Marquette. She is a spokesperson for HireAHelper.com, a website for shopping for and hiring movers. She is with me today discussing relocating pets in the United States. So Miranda, the million dollar question. What is the hardest and what is the easiest state to move in with a dog or a cat? And tell us why. Yeah. So the hardest state is actually Hawaii. Um, One of the biggest reasons that Hawaii is the hardest state is because they have stringent rabies, uh, rabies requirements. So uh, Hawaii has, is a rabies free state. It is the only state in the United States that has that designation, and they are very strict about keeping that. And so Hawaii has the strictest requirements um, because they're the only state that requires that cats and dogs have a double rabies vaccination, a rabies antibody test, 
and a microchip for identification and inspection upon arrival. And if those requirements are not met four months before arriving in Hawaii, the pet may not qualify for immediate release and they may be quarantined. And that can cost you in fees. So Hawaii is the most stringent state. Uh, the easiest state is North Carolina. So North Carolina has the easiest state to move to uh, with a dog or a cat. And it's it's just, it's very relaxed. Um, the state doesn't require your animals to have a certificate, it doesn't even require a certificate of veterinary inspection when entering the state. Additionally, if they are at least four months or older, they can enter the state without a rabies vaccine, as long as they get one within one week of arrival. So North Carolina is the easiest. Wow. Sounds like it's the easiest. Okay. Well, you know, since COVID-19, many people have moved into states like Tennessee and Texas because they really don't levy a state income tax. I'm sure you can appreciate that as a financial wellness expert. So what do we need to know about moving laws regarding dogs and, and cats in those states? Yeah, so interestingly enough, uh, we didn't see a correlation between no state income tax and the stringency of pet moving laws. So many of the states uh, that have uh, low or no income tax or low property taxes were actually kind of in the middle when it comes to uh, pet requirements. So we found that very interesting. Uh, so for the most stringent to the least stringent in this sort of um, low tax area you have well, South- it's not really it's not really a, based on a tax question it's right. based on the fact that during COVID-19 many right. people were looking for right states that don't levy um state income yeah. tax and as a result more people were moving to Texas and they continue to do so um, right. based on the financial times that we live in and also people were moving to Tennessee now it's interesting a lot of people from California have been moving to both of those states as well as Florida. A, they're warm and they're convenient. Right. right. So right. it makes sense. Right. And what I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is, is for the most part, those states kind of fall in the middle is what I'm saying mm-hmm. as far as requirements. So like, so like Tennessee is, uh, as far as those states go that people are moving to, Tennessee is like the second most stringent when you're grouping, when you're grouping by um, taxes is what I'm saying. So when you're when you're if you're going to move for tax purposes and you're concerned about your pets, uh, most of these states are going to be like somewhere in the middle overall in terms of stringency for your pets. So you're still going to want to check it out. You're still going to want to make sure uh, that when you're moving for tax purposes that, you know, you know, the laws, you know, the requirements and that you can bring your furry family members with you. Yeah. No, I'm so glad we're talking about this topic because most people I mean, when I moved to Florida, I never checked the laws. Maybe because maybe because my boyfriend at the time, Dr. Fleck, was a veterinarian. <laughs> so, you know, all I had to do is say, here's the dog. Zuh. Just give them some inoculations. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't think twice about it. And also we drove we drove down from New York. OK, well, we need to take a commercial break right now. But when we return, we will be continuing our discussion with Miranda Marquette, a spokesperson for HireAHelper.com. And she is here with me talking about pet relocation rules and regulation. It's a very fascinating topic. And I think one that a lot of people, as I said, really don't know about. Also coming up in our next segment is Flex Facts. 
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Okay, well, we're back with HireAHelper.com spokesperson Miranda Marquette discussing moving with dogs and cats. So in much of the world, dogs are the animals most likely to be associated or to catch rabies from and spread it to humans. So which states have the stricter rules for dogs than cats? Yeah, so for the most part, you're going to find a stricter stricter rules for dogs uh, in California, Michigan, New Jersey, Iowa, and Tennessee. So those are, those are going to be uh, those states that have more lenient rules for cats and uh, are most likely to require more from dogs. Wow. So like New Jersey and cats, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. So really, so really um, New Jersey does not require a veterinary inspection before you move in, but it does require it for dogs. Uh, there is no rabies requirement for cats, but there is for dogs uh, for licensing. So yeah. So it, it's just, <laughs> it, it really says, okay, bring your cat, but we want to be more careful about your dog. Sure. I get it. Okay. So what states don't require dogs to be vaccinated for rabies when moving into that state? So North Carolina is the only one. Um, Uh, Every other state requires at least one rabies vaccination for a dog before you can move in. Uh, North Carolina does require you to get it after you move in, but you don't need it before you move in. Okay. And lastly, what states have an unequal welcome? You mentioned New Jersey for varying requirements for cats and dogs. I don't really think anyone wants to move to New Jersey. (laughs) Uh, Right. Uh, California, Michigan, Iowa, and Tennessee are the other states that have the biggest disparity in requirements. So for example, California. Yeah. So California does, uh, does not require, um, does not require a rabies vaccine for cats. It does not require a veterinary inspection for cats, but it requires both of those things for dogs. Um, And then, but California does have a a four month rabies vaccine threshold. So um, for for dogs. And so that's actually um, fairly lenient uh, compared to like other states like, well, New Jersey, which requires a seven-month age threshold. Iowa also requires a four-month, so they're kind of similar that way. Although Iowa requires um, a veterinary inspection for your cat um, when moving in, even though it doesn't require a rabies vaccination. When were a lot of these laws enacted or updated in the 50s and the 60s? Yeah, a lot of the time that's when, you know, those things go into effect. Nobody's really taken a step back to review them. And so, you know, maybe that's something we need to start thinking about, especially as more people um, have more pets. So it's a really good idea if you were planning on moving this summer or anytime soon before the end of the year, you heed hireahelper.com's advice, check out this report. It's really simple. It's easy. It goes through the states. You and your pet will be better off. 
Yes, 100%. Thank you so much, Miranda, for joining us. Can you give us a website in which we can learn more about the rules and regulations? Just give us the website where this um, state-by-state moving guide is located. Yeah, so if you go to blog.hireahelper.com, you can find our recent post. It's titled 2023 Study, the Strictest State Laws for Moving with Pets. So head over to blog.hireahelper.com. You'll be able to find this study and plenty of other moving-related studies that can help you as you make your move. Yeah, no, I mean, I, from what I understand, Hire a Helper is premier class and and moving in services. Um, they spent many, many years finding the best movers around the country. So if you are moving, it might be a good idea to reach out to them. I think that would be great. Just to remind you, that was Miranda Marquette, a journalist and financial wellness expert that is a spokesperson for HireAHelper.com discussing state moving laws. Check out that guide so you can pet prepare for a move with your four-legged family member. Dr. Fleck, you're on. It's Fleck's Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. What's the topic for today? The term sensitive stomach in dogs. What does that mean? It means it a whole bunch because generally speaking, you would think of dogs that vomit, but also dogs that just don't eat. That can be related to the sensitive stomach. And I got one for you. Diarrhea, right? Diarrhea. People think (laughs) it's funny, but it really isn't funny. Okay. So I guess that means the dog has an upset stomach. Yeah. And I think when you think of sensitive stomach, it's really more to it than just a stomach because the alimentary canal or the digestive canal Mm -hmm. is made up all the way from the oral cavity, the esophagus, the tummy, the small intestine, the large intestine, the colon, all the way through the anus. anus. Okay. So what's associated with that too, what feeds into it, the pancreas and the liver in particular. Right. So any one of those particular organ structures could be off producing the sensitive stomach. Okay. So what can cause a dog to have sensitive stomach? People feed their pets the wrong thing. It's a people problem. Okay. Some dogs just have parasites, right? Parasites, toxic. They go outside, put their nose in the ground, whatever's on the blade of grass. It could be something like insecticides. It could be fertilizer. It could be wild animals that leave other kinds of products in the ground. Pollens, everything else that could be existing sure. on the ground and, then I, and the sidewalks and the streets. Okay. So I'm thinking too. So it's a variety of things. Okay. So what dog breeds are prone to sensitive stomach? I don't see any one particular breed that shows it more than the okay. other. So how do you help a dog with sensitive stomach? I guess the first thing is you have to go to the veterinarian, right? First thing you should go to the veterinarian. You may wait for 24 hours. Because if the pet is vomiting, uh, you may hold it off from eating any more food. Sure. You don't necessarily throw it a lot of water, but put ice cubes down. Let it lick okay. the ice cubes. If it's something that's just transient that the pet can eliminate naturally, it'll be gone within 24 hours. But if it's not gone within 24 hours, immediately call your veterinarian for assistance. You Problem? have to bring a stool sample. So you have then to bring too. a stool sample. Now, the stool sample is interesting because we don't just look for parasites. We look in that stool sample to see, like if we have a lot of fat, we know that the pancreas is probably involved. But also we have to think most of the time they've eaten something that they shouldn't have eaten that's irritating to the lining of something in the alimentary canal. 
Okay. I mean, sensitive stomach is just not one thing, like just meaning your stomach. It's like you said, a variety of things. So you really have to pay attention. And I'm assuming when you take your dog to the vet, bring the stool sample, and then you'll have to wait and see. And then like, what do you do? Do you change the diet in most cases? Well, in most cases, they're not even eating. Sure. So you have to find ways to help them get nutrition. So generally speaking, you might think of some special diets that are certainly on the market from very reputable uh, manufacturers like Royal Canaan, like Hills or Science Diet, or Purina, who has special like, diets. Or veterinary diets. The veterinary diets usually, that, that's really a misnomer. Veterinarians usually don't make up the diets. There's a few that feel as though that they're good nutritionists and it works for them. But most of the time, you go with what the science and research has done through these, these great manufacturers. Generally speaking, what I'll have them do is they've got to eat something that they, they may like. And we've even talked about toppers before. And toppers usually aren't the best thing for the tummy, but it might be something that might get them to start eating. Right. But I'll, I'll recommend that they take chicken breast or turkey breast, boil them. They're not supposed to give any of the juice, but maybe just a little of the juice. Steamed white rice, pumpkin out of the can. Not right. the pumpkin that you make pumpkin pie, but the other. Uh, yogurt, plain yogurt. It's good. Plain yogurt. Plain yogurt. Not yogurt with fruit, not anything else. I think that we have a better understanding of what sensitive stomach syndrome is. And the best thing for you to do is to go to your vet and work together to solve the problem. They may see a holistic practitioners and that may be effective for them. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex facts for the week. Great reporting, Dr. Fleck. I, as well as our listeners, now have a better understanding of sensitive stomach syndrome. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You've got mail. Okay, Charlotte, this question's for you. Megan writes from North Carolina. I plan to visit my mom this summer. We're traveling by plane. How do I get my cat comfortable in the carrier? Thanks, Megan, for writing. Really, it's anywhere that your pet spends a lot of time. You know, it's always a good idea to help them form a positive association with the carrier. So each day, what you might want to do is spritz a few pumps of a calming pheromone spray on a towel or a mat and place that towel or mat in the carrier to help reduce and prevent stress. You can purchase pheromone products at your local pet store. And with pheromones, truly a little goes a long way. 
Um, you might also want to consider putting a little catnip or diluted catnip oil on a mat or a towel and placing those also in the carrier. Positive associations can also be formed by feeding treats in the carrier or grooming your pet, brushing your pet while they're in the carrier or even playing around the carrier. So you might want to start out by putting some of Kitty's favorite toys near the carrier and then in the carrier. Think about something like having them chase a laser pointer around the carrier or even a feather or dancer type toy. That's a fishing pole toy um, around the carrier. And then eventually putting the laser pointer in the carrier and having them jump in. Once your kitty becomes more comfortable and wants to spend time in that carrier, you can eventually close the top. And within a few weeks, take him for a ride so that he gets used to spending more time in the carrier and that travel motion. Lastly, I want to wish you good luck on your trip, and I hope you have a great summer vacation. Happy summer, Megan. Seems as if our next guest is on the phone. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the segment. The diversity movement is built as a results-oriented, data-driven strategic partner for organization-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Unfortunately, it has become a political trigger for both the left and the right. Some companies such as Anheuser-Busch and Bevy, Target, have been in the news lately for the diversity philosophies. The newest company under attack is Chick-fil-A. But now I'm going to talk to a president of a company who's going to talk about their diversity policy and why it is not only enjoyable, but it shows your love for your dogs. So, Gila, tell me about your diversity apparel line. Describe it. And what was the inspiration for it? Dog is Good is a company that focuses on dog lovers. And one of the things that we believe to our core is that dogs can change the way you see the world. Every single dog lover out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. That moment that they walk through the door or wake up in the morning and their dog is near them. One of the things that uh, we have to believe besides a dog can change the way you see the world is the fact that in a time when we are so technologically connected, when there's a buzz about everything at, at our fingertips at all times, we as people have really gotten disconnected from each other. We noticed many years ago how every single dog exudes this unconditional love and every single person who loves dogs loves all dogs, no matter what breed they are. And so it really just started as an, a celebration of uh, the different dog breeds. There's so many, and yet each one has their own unique and special way of making their family, their owner, their dog mom, dog dad, whatever, feel something special and profound that that human individual often does not feel in any other situation. And that's really how it started was a celebration of the diverse creatures that are part of our lives, the different breeds. And then it just kind of grew and evolved from there. And because these uh, breeds, all breeds, whatever, have this uncanny ability to teach us anecdotal lessons each and every day, we choose to embrace those various lessons. And that's basically the philosophy that we live by. You know, I had this when I was looking at the material describing your line, it reminded me of a commercial. It was um, actually probably about eight years ago, and it started out as a political commercial. People were waiting in line to go vote at the polls, and there were some Republicans and some Democrats and independents, and it was a little heated. And some woman walked in, 
And she said, I lost my dog. Have you seen a dog? Have you seen this golden retriever on this poster? Right. And everybody was like, oh, he's so beautiful. And she went to different people. And, you know, some people had blue shirts on, some people had red shirts on. And at the end of the day, people would come out of the voting booths or out of the school or get out of the line and they would all volunteer to help her look for her dog. I thought that is the most brilliant commercial I ever saw because at the end of the day, nobody looked at people holding signs anymore. It was about dog owners. It was wonderful. And when I saw your line of apparel and other products, I felt the same way. I mean, how fantastic. I mean, if you love dogs, you love all dogs. Maybe some are big and some are small, yeah, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, emotions, the feelings, the comfort, the joy, the um, adventure that dogs bring into our lives is what makes us human beings. Sure. And part of being human is feeling good, feeling good in your own in your own skin, feeling good in your own life. And um, I think most people want to feel that they are a conduit to something good. They want to have meaning in their lives in the same capacity that their dogs give meaning to their life. You know, in a time when discussions of diversity cause controversy, what kind of feedback are you getting about this apparel line? I mean, do people say it's fantastic? Do people say, oh, are you taking off from the conversation? What do you feel? Well, I think it's interesting. I feel that we are getting a tremendous amount of positive feedback. Yet, this is not something new. This is not a new design or something that we just decided to create this year or last year. This has been part of our line and our presence for, for many years. And again, the heart of it comes from the fact that our core belief being dogs change the way you feel, they change the way you see the world. And there's so many different ones that do that, that if we can learn to embrace um, diversity in of thought, diversity of religions, diversity of, you know, skin color, diversity of, of all those things. If we become uh, individuals who are seeking to do more good, then that's, that's um, you know, really where that comes from. So, you know, many of the colors that you picked are similar to the LGBTQ pride flag. How did you pick the colors for the line and do they mean the same things? And to be honest with you, I, you know, when and when I was prepping for this, I was curious about the colors on the flag. So it seems that on the LGBTQ flag, red represents life and orange represents um, healing and yellow is sunlight, meaning stop hiding yourself or green represents nature and blue is serenity and lilac is uh, for spirit. And, you know, not in necessarily in that context, your apparel has all of those great colors, some of my favorite colors. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's about the, that particular flag. It's just about great colors, a bright colored purple sweatshirt with great dogs on it. So was there any thought or, you know, did you just pick the colors because they were just bright and fun or? Well, when we originally came up with this design, um, first, I do want to say I had not um, heard it so eloquently, the definitions for those different colors or the use of those different colors. And as I'm listening to him, I'm like, wow, I love to embrace um, those kinds of things, you know, spirit and tranquility and life and vibrancy 
um, and positivity, those uh, those really call out to me. So I, I really appreciate that because I didn't know that. But um, when we first came out with the design, it was not, uh, those colors were not part of uh, this particular line. It was a blue and blues and yellows. And just like we, this happens very often, we get requests from different people, different groups, different organizations on personalizing things for for them and what's meaningful to them. And that's really how it started was a request. And so we're like, oh, absolutely. We'd be happy to make this for you. And as we started to put it out, they were like, wow, more people really want to uh, share this as well uh, or to have it. Because one of the elements of dog is good is that our magic is that we've always been able to connect with the individual human being, speak to who they are as a dog lover. And um, that's where it really began. So yes, there were people that um, wanted us to do it in those colors. And we said, if you would like that for, you, for your group, absolutely, we'll do it. And as we put it out there, we discovered many more people wanted the same. Well, we're going to take a commercial break and be back with Gila Kurtz, co-owner and co-founder of Dog is Good. Also up next is Celebrity Pet Buzz, Global Pet News, and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, we're back. We're continuing our conversation with Gila Hertz, and we're talking about the Dog is Good diversity line, a love of dog pride. How many pieces are in the line and what are they? So we have um, the core line that we create here, um, uh, some apparel. We've got a couple T-shirts. We've got a hat. We've got a hoodie for people who want to wear apparel. Um, also some uh, leggings and then accessory type products like um, buttons and stickers and a um, tumbler style drinking mug. Not mug, but, you know, a tumbler. Yeah. Um, the those are just a few of, of some of the items and and buttons, you know. Yeah. So what dogs are are on are actually the dogs on the imaging? So in the welcome diversity image, uh, we wanted to pick different breeds that, you know, big, small, whatever. Um, there's a Chihuahua silhouette. There's a Great Dane silhouette. There's a German Shepherd silhouette, a um, hug and a beagle and a lab. And no, I think that there's, breed? well, one of them could be a mixed. Oh yeah. Yes. The, there's a, like a hit mix there okay. as well. 
Cool. No, I mean, it's it's really well done. It's very stylish. It's super cool. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you here. I mean, I think it's it's a super cool line. Gila, what's the price range of the apparel line, as well as the other accessories that come with it? Yes, there is. Uh, well, first off, there's a plethora of products on the Dog is Good website. So certainly people can go to dogisgood.com and view all the different product lines that we do have. And we're consistently doing... Um, we do limited edition and different product runs throughout the year, depending on the season. So, you know, sure. next up Father's Day and 4th of July, patriotic, et cetera. Um, and the price ranges on average are in the, I would say average about $30 range. You know, you have lower price points for the smaller accessory. Like the buttons, like the diversity buttons. Uh, those probably are about $3.99 or $3.00. I have to, I have to double check that one. Sure. That's fine. No, but it's, you can show your love of dogs, your pride as being a dog owner with this diversity line. There's t-shirts, there's sweatshirts. Um, Like she said, there's the tumbler that kind of resembles like the Yeti style kind of cup that everyone has these days. I mean, it's just a very, very clever line of products. Before you leave today, what's your website? So dog owners can peruse your apparel and check out the great options, not only for this great diversity line, but all of the other great designs um, that the company has. Yes, thank you for that. And I want to mention too, um, on the website, because we're so committed to enhancing the life of the dog lover, something that they could um, consider is getting a note of inspiration from their very own dog each and every week. It's a free, there's no charge to that, but it's written in the voice of their dog. It's called Fur Covered Wisdom. And when they go to dogisgood.com, they can register their dog's name um, and uh, they'll receive a personal note from them weekly, just about the anecdotal lessons that their own dog brings to their life each and every day, um, the various things that we learn. And um, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. And if any of your listeners are so inclined and have always thought of ways that they'd like to turn their own passion um, into something that they'd like to create, we do work with many dog lovers across the country who want to start um, a, a business, a side hustle, whatever. Um, we've been <laughs> setting people with pop-up shops with our product line too. So they can um, build out their own businesses with our brand. I love that. I absolutely love that. Dogisgood.com as well. Dog is good is all about the good. I mean, and it's, it's fun actually spending some time with you. She's a sharp businesswoman. I can tell. Well, just to remind you that I was talking with Gila Kurtz. She's the president, the co-founder and the co-owner of dog is good. We're having such a great conversation about her. Uh, dog is good diversity apparel line with accessories of course i want you to check it out just check out the website spend a few minutes looking you never know there might be something that you wanna buy not only for yourself but for a friend i love celebrity pet buzz what about you and now the latest news about about celebrities celebrities and their pets pets. it's obsession aren't they cute what's the name what's the You know, a few weeks ago, actor Pete Davidson, you know him from Saturday Night Live, SNL. He also dated Kim Kardashian. That made big news. 
He talked about his frustration with PETA for criticizing his choice of buying a hypoallergenic dog from a pet store rather than adopting a new pooch after losing his beloved family pet. Davidson said that the pup was for his mom, whose dog Henry recently died. Davidson told TMZ that he left a senior staffer at PETA an expletive-filled message because they outed him from buying a dog from a pet store. He said that he explained that he had to buy a dog that agrees with him because he's severely allergic to most dogs. He further went on to say that he had to get a specific breed and that he's not allergic to cavapoos. I've always said it's about choice. You should never chastise a dog lover or criticize a dog lover for their selecting the choice of dog, whether they're adopting a rescue dog or purchasing a purebred or designer dog. While I don't like to encourage dog lovers from buying dogs from pet stores because it promotes puppy mill breeding, ultimately, it's about Davidson's choice. Concerned about the world? Well, let's hear some global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. Ahead of International Tiger Day on Friday, July 29th, I want to bring attention to show how animal abuse and tourism in some countries go hand in hand, countries like Thailand. You may have seen people post photos on social media in which they're posing with tigers, especially cubs, but there's a hidden story behind every picture. You know, big cats forced to pose with tourists are usually chained beaten and even drugged to make them placid. Once they've grown too large to handle, many are left to languish in cages for the rest of their lives, sold to roadside zoos or into the black market trade in exotic animals, or slaughtered for their flesh, bones, and body parts to supply the meat industry or traditional medicine. Please never take selfies with wild animals. Please support organizations who want to help these wild animals stay where they belong in the wild and now for the good stuff news of the day got you down no worries pet trendologist charlotte reed is here with tell me something good this is a necessity like air and oxygen tell me something good. you know it's about being lost and then found well a man was making food deliveries an unexpected new friend approached him in a parking lot. The man took it as a sign that he just had to bring this new furry little companion home with him, even though his family was hesitant about it. Okay, so fast forward. In a TikTok video that has been viewed nearly 3 million times, the man's mother, who came with him to assist with making the deliveries, recorded her son in the parking lot as a stray cat, followed him around, clung to his leg, and refused to let go. She said, my youngest son was out making deliveries last night. A cat kept following him and then jumped onto his leg and wouldn't let go. In the video, the man appeared to be confused about how to handle the cat, shaking his leg, and then attempting to gently try to pry her off. However, the cat wouldn't budge. The man eventually lifted her up into his arms, and it's clear. At that moment, she stole his heart. And at that moment, he couldn't bring himself to leave her. The man pleaded with his mom to bring the cat home. At first, she said no, because she said, we're not a cat family. We're not cat people. Mom, I rescued her. But eventually, everyone in the family loved the cat, even the family dogs. And the last thing she said, I guess we're cat people after all. Now, that's something good. 
Did you hear the bells, Dr. Fleck? Already? You say that every single week. I know. Well, we should keep going. I know. I know. Well, anyway, before we go, we want to give you a preview show. Next week, we're talking about boarding kennels and spoiled pet food. Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? I sure can. Special thanks to our guests, Miranda Marquette and Gila Kurtz. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Don't forget, use that special code, the Pet Buzz, at the EpiPet site. That's E-P-I hyphen P-E-T dot com. And you can receive 25% off of EpiPet products, whether it's canine sunscreen, correct? Absolutely. Um, we've got the skin spray as well as the shampoo, as well as the ear cleaner, which is fantastic. And also smoked fish. Yep. The omega-3 whole smoked fish. Right. The purest of all the omega-3s in the market. Great. Isn't that great? Plus, don't forget, it's so hot and so sunny. This year, make sure you protect your pet as you protect yourself from the sun. So, and 25%. That's a great discount. Absolutely. But you know what? If you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll try to cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember that we're here each week to help you Take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz.